this summer, Doc is encouraging us all to be citizen scientists and to share sightings of protected marine species. There are nine protected fish species under the Wildlife Act, including the basking and great white sharks and two types of groper. So if you're fishing or diving or boating, they really want you to keep a lookout. I'm joined by Doc's Marine Technical Advisor, Clinton Duffy. Hi, Clinton. Kia ora, Jesse. Do you do this each year, or is it new? But, um, well, we are always asking the public to provide um, sightings of a protected species, um, but we're just making a particular push this summer. Um, there'll be a lot of people out on the water, and um, we expect a lot of people will be coming across um, some of these animals. Can you give me a list with some highlights? A list with some highlights. Well, um, I think certainly in the Haraki Gulf, um, a species that uh, people are quite likely to come across as uh, summer progresses are the giant manta rays. There's uh, very few people seem to be aware of it, but there's quite a lot of uh, giant manta rays um, off the northeast coast of New Zealand, and uh, the Haraki Gulf is a hot spot for them. Um, they're between sort of anywhere between three and a half and six point four meters across the wings. Come on, they are not. They sure are. Six metres? Yes, yes. Uh, The maximum reported size is nine metres across the wings. Um, And they have been seen up to seven and a half metres across. Gosh. Yeah, very spectacular animals, obviously, gentle giants. And their smaller smaller cousin, the um, devil ray, spine-tailed devil ray, uh, looks very like a manta ray, but only smaller, only gets to about three metres across the wings. And they're also very abundant off, off the northeast coast um, over summertime. Okay, got the manta rays. Yeah, what else? Oh, well, we're really keen on pe- if people see any shark, basking sharks. Um, they're most likely to be seen around the uh, the central um, central part of New Zealand and, and, and further south. Um, they haven't... They've, they've, one of our, you know, the second largest fish in the sea, they get to 12.2 metres long. Um, and they seem to have disappeared um, since the start of the 2000s, start of the century. Uh, the sightings of those in coastal waters have dried up. They used to be really common. There used to be large schools seen off places like Kai Kaikoura and further south down around Dunedin um, and, and also in um, the south of Banks Peninsula. But um, they've dried up for some reason. We don't really know why they've disappeared. Um, and certainly uh, if, if people were to see big schools of those would be really excited to know about it and may give us the opportunity to get down there and study them in a, in a bit more depth. Thank you. Um, I mentioned the gropers. What do they look like? The gropers, um, they kind of look like a harpooka, but um, both the species are uh, related to the tropi- tropical gropers. So we have the spotted black groper, which has a really complex pattern of dark and light spots all over its body, um, a big dark saddle on its tail and some sort of oblique bands along the side. Uh, they're shy fish. Most of the ones reported from around northern New Zealand are about 50 centimetres long. They tend to hide in caves. And then we have the giant Queensland groper, which is a sort of, the adults have a sort of an olive green body covered with covered with those sort of yellowish spots. And they can get, in, they get enormous. Uh, I think the largest one recorded in New Zealand is only about 115 kilos in weight, um, but they get to um, you know 300 kilos or more. Can't help noticing these are all very large marine animals. What should we yeah. make of that? Large charismatic megafauna. Um, there's there's 
there's two things about that. People tend to care about the big things more than the little things. And um, their bio- the biology of these species also tends to make them vulnerable um, to sort of any sort of human pressure, really, particularly fishing. Um, a lot of them are very slow-growing, long-lived. Um, they have produced very few young. The manta rays, for example, only produ- produce a single pup um, every time they give birth. So they're very, very sensitive to, um, to, over- to overfishing and exploitation. And the fact that they're rare, what does that tell us? You know, the fact that they're um, increasingly hard to spot, I imagine it makes a pretty big difference to that marine ecosystem if these large guys are fewer in number. Yes, well, um, you know, the marine megafauna, including whales and large sharks and rays, they used to play an important role in most of our marine ecosystems. And uh, their removal has certainly changed the way those um, ecosystems function and um, changed the way energy flows through marine ecosystems um, with a lot more energy being channeled down through the sort of mid-levels of the food chain, things like species like snapper and what have you. So, um, yeah, it does it does make, it, make a difference. Um, of course, many of these things disappeared long uh, long before we had a, a good understanding of marine ecosystems and, um, you know, the loss of large predators and some of them still, the, the effect of that still has to be, you know, studied in, in depth. You've got five sharks on there, basking shark, great white shark, ocean white tip, small tooth sand tiger, sometimes known as the deep water nurse shark, and the whale shark. Yeah. What do you want people to do if they spot these things? Well, we'd love to know when and where they saw it. Um, an estimate of how big the animal was would be great. Um, and if possible, some photo- photographs. I mean, a lot of people have you know, GoPros these days and a GoPro on a stick can get you know, good underwater photographs. Um, you can potentially um, identify individual manta rays, great white sharks and, and whale sharks from their colour patterns. Um, and we maintain uh, records of... Of, of sightings and and uh, we also share um, our information with the researchers um, studying those animals um, you know particularly belly shots of, of manta rays uh, manta watch New Zealand's building up uh, a large photo ID database for those um, we're able to sort of get re-sightings of them over the years we're able to determine if the animals are coming back to the same places um, you know potentially where they go as well yeah, because if I spot a whale shark, what use is that to you? Because by the time I've told you about it, presumably it's in a completely different part of the ocean. Well, it, it could be, um, and we're not necessarily going to roar out there straight away and um, and, and try to find it. But um, it tells us, it, the sightings tell us, uh, will help us identify uh, what the important habitats are for these species, you know, where they're occurring, the times of year they're there, um, and, and what important habitats may may be for them, um, which all helps us, you know, work out things like how, how often are these things interacting with fisheries, um, you know, where might they be oper- uh, interacting with other sorts of activities like, you know, tourism, um, commercial shipping, that sort of thing. What would you be most excited to get a sighting of? Well, I think I'd get, be most excited to get a sighting of a basking shark since the last confirmed sighting of one of those in coastal New Zealand waters 
was around 2012, and that was only a single animal in Torrey Channel. But these things used to form schools of several hundred um, at the Gosh. surface in summertime. So I, I think I would be pretty excited to, to hear even of one of those um, yeah. in coastal waters. Um Gosh, I guess it's much harder to protect uh, a species or a population underwater. You think of something like the um, the kakapo, where you can go and <laughs> grab those birds, put them on a safe island, assist them with reproduction. But goodness knows what's happening by the surface of that ocean. Yeah, uh, and um, many of these species could be being affected by climate change, and their the distributions could be shifting as a result of climate change. And so, you know, that's obviously another area where sightings data can help. It can, you know, potentially over time detect shifts in their distribution. Um, and it's possible that, um, you know, we're not seeing basking sharks in coastal waters anymore because of, because of uh, effects of climate change on the ecosystems that they rely on. And they're a plankton feeder, and so they're really, be really sensitive to shifts in the ocean currents and productivity. Did you give the uh, details for people wanting to get in touch with you? Uh, well, we've got the Sharks email um, address, so that's sharks at doc.govt.nz. There must be an interesting inbox. It can be. Most of the year it's fairly quiet, but over summer time, <laughs> things pick up. Yeah. Sharks at doc.govt.nz, yes. Yeah, and Doc Hot, the Doc Hotline, 0800-DOC-HOT, is um, another way of of uh, contacting us and passing that information on. Um, it's particularly important that people call that number in the case of um, you know, a stranding or an accidental capture of one of these species. Okay, you've got a Protected Species Catch app too. Yes, yes, um, that was available, I believe, it's through the uh, Google Play Store and um, that allows uh, recreational fishers to, uh, or anybody really, to report, um, you know, an accidental capture or a sighting of, of, of any of these species, um, seabirds as well, and sea turtles. Um, don't want people to forget that we actually do have sea turtles in New Zealand, and they can be relatively common in some parts of the Upper North Island. Nice one. I've enjoyed talking to you, Clinton. Have a great summer. You too, Jesse. Clinton, uh, Clinton Duffy from Doc. He's the marine technical advisor and wants you to tell him. And tell the department if you spot any of those nine fish species that are protected in New Zealand, five sharks, two rays and two groper.